Welcome back to Magic Camp, everybody. Um, it's been a while. Sorry. But we're back. I don't I don't have anything to say. I don't have any explanation. I I'm can do whatever grimacing. I want. Oh god. Sorry. Oh yikes. Sorry, folks. Uh sorry we didn't have free content for you <laughs> for the last six months. We know you've been waiting. Um well, what what do we have to say for ourselves here? Do you have any any explanation for um, why you've been so unreliable and hard to depend on? Um, not really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't owe anybody an explanation. Yep. Uh, yeah. Well, I did have start a new job roughly the exact same time we record st- record our last episode. Uh huh. Even though that one never made it out. Um, That's right. Oh man, we owe somebody an apology. This is our, you know, mea culpa. Mea culpa to our friend and music expert Daniel, who <laughs> will recorded. We recorded not twice, one but two great episodes with two whole episodes. You know, if there's any, if we could point to any moment that spelled the demise of Magic Camp, <laughs> it's probably the moment, the second time realizing that. Ben's audio didn't record for our three mic episode, leaving the sound of two people talking at perfect volume and one sounding like a miniaturized version of himself shouting from a sewer across the street. Um, it really took the wind out of my sails. It did. It me, me too. Because I was really trying right. to make it work. It was Man. a tricky setup. We had Zoom the second time we tried to do it on Zoom. Really should have worked the second time. Yeah. Well, we can we can look ahead to that. We'll do a do over. We'll do a do over. That's a that's a promise. It might take a year or two, but um, no, I think I think the job thing is an important thing to consider because I think at Magic Camp's height, we're doing a bit of a retrospective here. Yeah, let's do that. Um, we were both pretty discontent with our jobs. Yeah, that's right. I think it was a more of a need for an outlet. That's and true. And it, it was a way to think and talk about things that we were not being creatively fulfilled or challenged by at our jobs, respectively. And not that our, works, our work is perfect now, but I'm certainly more invested in what I'm doing and satisfied by it your job is quite demanding and also seemingly pretty interesting yes i do think i think that work has a lot to do with it it's not that things have been made better or fixed necessarily because it is a shame i think i don't think this goes hand in hand with magic camp i also don't think i have painted or done like a finished drawing right. since PGI, hmm. one of my jobs, hmm. which was feels like forever ago. That and was a it long makes time sense ago. because I had two in between them, three in between that three jobs that were all quite a bit of work, mm-hmm. and yeah, just didn't have the energy or the inspiration to to do much else. Um, I think that's right. There, I'm sure there was some respite in between, but the last six months definitely have been demanding. It is interesting. It's definitely the only kind of interesting software job I've had, mm. um, but it's also demanding. 
and yeah you know it's been long enough now that i can kind of sigh and say you know oh what i've lost in terms of freedom in terms of having more energy for more than work yeah well you don't know what you got till it's gone ain't that the truth um no, it's, it seems like it's a different different level of energy required. Um, and, you know, Magic Camp, the whole idea is that it's a little fun after school time, a little, little extra magic for your, um, for your you know, when you have energy, for your overachievers. Yeah. yeah, for the kids who want to go home and do worksheets. <laughs> um, just kidding. Those kids, those kids don't exist, really. They don't exist. Um, and... Uh, so same for me. I mean, I'm I'm feeling. I'm also to the point where there's a bit of a, the honeymoon phase is kind of over a little bit with the new career, but I'm much more happy with it, and you know I don't feel like I need to, you know, be uh, have this like alternate life or like way of thinking. That's not how I would describe Magic Camp. Either, no, but, um, right. No, I I agree and. Part of it's probably aging a little bit, being yeah. being okay with being a working stiff mm-hmm. a little bit more, which actually kind of does make you a more of a normal and it interesting you, person in some ways. How so? It, in it that makes you, you have well a, adjusted. Well, not just well adjusted, but it actually gives you a little bit of a, a an uh, an edge to be someone who's not above their circumstances, not above it all, you know, mm. stuck mm-hmm. doing something they don't, they'd rather not do. So that, you know, you develop kind of a sense of humor about life. Sure. Because it doesn't just all go your way. You right. Know? Or, um, yeah, these are the things I think about while I'm deep facts standing around at a block party with other dads, like just musing on the, the types of dads around me and yeah, <clears throat> the possible paths. There are, I've been thinking a lot about possible paths as well, different different modes of being in your 30s. Um, I haven't come to any conclusions about anything, but I, I think I saw I saw a meme. So take a shot because I just said I saw a meme. Tell um, me about it. That was like you have two choices after the age of 30. It was like two pictures. It was it was like a video game console, or a vinyl record setup, <laughs> you know, like, and you could be two of those. And based be one on of those the guys. fact that you just said video game console, I think I always know, say which, that which console because I don't play video <laughs> games. I always say console for some reason. Console, sorry. Um, yeah, so I, I've definitely kind of leaned into that more. Path. The as in the like uh, Skyrim and uh, Twitch, watching Twitch streams. Just kidding. I don't. His, you know me, I don't do that What stuff. he's chosen is to go into record stores and try and impress the guys. Pretty much. Behind the counter. Yeah. Fool's errand. <laughs> it hasn't happened since I bought a Guided by Voices record like two years ago. And the guy complimented me. Well, he didn't compliment me. He just was like, awesome record. <laughs> and I was like, thanks, man. Yes. <laughs> Been riding that wave buzzing. ever since. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we decided to get back together just because it's, you know, change of a season. We're entering summer. Um Things are airing out a little bit, maybe a little more space and time to to be creative, to reflect. And also the end of some of our 
or one of our favorite programs. Yeah. Um, which I think we're still probably both in, in grieve, grieving um, with along with Kendall, uh, who could in the succession universe, he could be dead right now for all we know. It was looking that way. Yeah. It was. I, I think if way. he gets through that first month after losing, okay, spoilers, turn it off if you haven't watched <laughs> Succession. Yeah. After that first month, if he doesn't get addicted to meth or uh, throw himself in the Hudson River, um, I think he's going to be fine because he, he learned some hard lessons over the course of the show that gave him a real gravitas. I mean, sort of, until he starts, you know, threatening to sue his wife or something like that. Or there's probably more of that behavior to come for him as well. I th- it's you could argue that um, his fate is exactly what we've seen already, and that ultimately what makes the show smart and biting and very and different from many other sh- shows is. The characters really don't change, right? They're kind of s- faded to their their own core essence. Yeah, they they are the only respite I think, and what the show is able to pull off in a way that I didn't think they could is resignation. The only way out is to just die, to give up, like to to literally die. To stop. Or to stop. Stop. And that's why Shiv, Shivron Roy, is the one who loses in the end, in my opinion. I've been thinking about this last week because right after it happened, I was pissed that she stays afloat, that she stays on top, that she stays with, you know, she rekindles her relationship with Tom so that she can... It shows she can maintain stake in the company. Mm-hmm. And for that reason, she is doomed to c- perpetually suffer in the ways that she already has. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you agree? I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. That's true because the character, the characters don't change unless their act, the conditions change. Mm-hmm. The material world around them changes. Right. For Kendall and Roy, it has, because despite their will, Kendall and, and Roman, Roman, sorry, mm-hmm. it circ- they have to change because they're out. Everything has yeah. changed, mm-hmm. so they the change is generated by material circumstances. But Chevron is still in the same world, right? The same cycle, therefore her soul will persist the way it has been yeah purgatory i think lim- you're right liminal state that's good because i i honestly through the whole season um that was my biggest frustration is like i don't know if they understand or are committed to understanding this character mm-hmm. or we're trying to leave a way out for her play it both ways um but i think uh, yeah i think you're right I just something just occurred to me about Shiv in particular and, and that critique of her, which, by the way, just a little justification for us talking about this. 
we don't need your permission first of all. <laughs> um, but also in its, in its origin, this, this, uh, podcast was about power, art and power. And, you know, I don't know if you call modern television art, uh, is HBO art. I don't know. This show came pretty close, but, um, it's about power, right? At the end of the day and the ways it destroys people. Um, but Shiv, I think is like, and maybe a little bit of Kendall as well, because they all represent a little bit. They're like different archetypes, right? Mm -hmm. That the creators and the show writers like use as sort of stand-ins for parts of American culture to some extent, you know, sometimes more heavy, heavy handedly than is wise. Yeah. Right. Um, whereas like Shiv, I think does represent the kind of like the neoliberal, um, like obviously highly well-educated and goes through a period, at least in the show for, for a while of, trying to cleanse herself through her political affiliations mm -hmm. like and strictly on paper mm -hmm. right like this is why she works for this for the bernie guy and she um you know she likes to be the one person who's a little bit on the fence about certain ideological things mm -hmm. right until the rubber meets the road until she's her ass is actually on the line. Yeah. Right. So she's like the, you know, she's the person who has the right ideas, the right um, opinions, but is hollow and empty and carved out worse than anybody else by the very system that uh, she's part of and that she props up as in the position that they're in. Um, and there's no escaping it, right? It's like it doesn't matter whether or not you think, you know, right. you know that your dad's Fox News network is bad. And it doesn't matter if you uh, wag your finger at somebody. Right. Because ultimately that machine is going to go on and you're actually going to be, you actually want it to go on, right? Yep. At the end of the day. Right. So she's the most hypocritical of everybody. And why sometimes you can be like, well, Roman, as despicable as he is, at least he is transparent. Right. But then you start to see how that becomes a crutch for him as well mm -hmm. in the fourth season, in the fourth season to yeah. the point that it's completely, it's corrosive to his entire uh, worldview or his entire character. And I think, yeah, being based, I mean, like and right. how he's so anti cringe and, and all that, like he has no soul whatsoever. Everything is, quote unquote, virtue signaling to him. Right. Right. And uh, yeah, I think where they resolve this character is more of to the point with him and more true. What, you know, uh -huh. in the last moments where he's kind of so cathartic, cl clarifying the whole situation. Yeah. That they're all bullshit. Mm -hmm. um, 
is more true. Like they take a little, you know, journey with all of their arcs in the last season mm -hmm. to sort of lead you on a little bit about where things might be going. Mm -hmm. And I had some anxieties about the season of like knowing that it was being wrapped up of what are they going to do with these characters? And ultimately they did, the show did what it signed up for, which is somewhat like not obvious, but so somewhat obvious where it's going to be a class critique of, um, you know, the story of, of this extremely wealthy family and they're bad people. Um, and what I was nervous about in the final season, they were sort of walking it to a potential place where they were going to sort of bring a like character transformation or try and redeem the characters. And ultimately they delivered on the promise, which is it's a moral tale for our times. We're going to show you what happens when this amount of wealth and power acts upon people. Right. And tease it out a little bit, especially in the last episode of like <laughs> the way they sort of, you know, all bond. Oh man, that was so brutal because it was intentionally cringe. Yeah. And I was like, what the hell? Like, right. And Abby and I were kind of taking bets on what was going to happen. It was like, I'm sure they're going to curve. And they, they hint at to. it though they, yeah. a little bit with that. That was the thing I liked about that scene, and, and also was was so hard to watch. In part, was like when they make Kendall drink the like disgusting drink, yeah. and Shiv spits in it, and mm. it's like, yeah, there's no like even in their most sincere, there's they're 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 fucked. Right. Like it's it's hate and and. Uh, you know, despair all the way down. Right. Um, so anyway, go ahead. But no, that they do tease a little bit, but ultimately deliver that, you know, the moral justice that, that is the promise of the show. Like, <laughs> right. That that's, that's the tack they're going to take. And they, yep. Ultimately, yep. I'm not just saying it's a political statement. It's not, no, I, I, I understand what you're saying. And yeah. I've thought very similar thought. And I think that's what I like what I've wondered about whether what's whether that is the only way the show that could have gone. Like we talked about this before that, that it's, yeah, it's, it's a, like you said, a tale for our time. That's trying to tell, to show the like teleology of all these macro forces and how they play out the inevitable, the inevitable results of the system that we have. So it, it is a, it's a like a pretty polemical show at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I wonder if it has, if it had to be, you know what I mean? Like what made the show great was not just how, how visionary and incisive the political commentary was. You know what I mean? Like as great as it is, and probably better than almost any other show on TV. It was the humanity of the show and the like, yeah. the weirdness of it and the kind of occasional left turns that they're able to, to take 
or like swerves that surprise you. And I do think that the end of the show did surprise enough to be satisfying. Yeah. yeah. But at its worst or at its most, at when, when succession was at its like hardest to watch or, or things that you could be most critical of is when it is that heavy handed, you know, right, yeah. like it's the, that president episode, presidential campaign episode, the too election much. night one, election, election bad. night one. Yeah. Um, was it's too heavy handed. It's like, I get everything you're saying. I get everything you're doing and it's, and it's pretty much flawlessly executed, but it's like a little too Aaron Sorkin or something. It's too like, um, it's too prescriptive and like didactic. It's didactic is what it is. Didactic. And they didn't actually have anything to say. Right. Other than like, uh, the networks influence outcomes. Yeah. It's like, all right. Mm-hmm. They they didn't actually have anything interesting to put into that. Yeah, right. And so I, I wonder, like, if the show could have landed in a way that was not just the inevitable. You know what I mean? Like, that was kind of the thesis, so to speak. That was like, well, this is what you get. This was what it was going to be from the beginning. And here's how it happens. Mm-hmm. Here is how this corrupts and destroys all these people writ large, you know, and, and our society on a larger scale. But who says your TV show has to tell that story? No, I mean, I, you know what I mean? Like who, who told you <laughs> talking to the like brilliant mind behind the show? Like what, like, is there a rule? Is there a bar? Are there bylaws of television shows that now say, if you are this kind of show, you have to end it this way, or you have to, do you know what I mean? Did it, did it like write its own contract for itself that it had to be, do you know what I'm saying? Do you get it? Maybe. Let me dialogue. I, yeah. I think, I think clearly they had the point of view from the beginning or a clear idea of what the show was right. and committed to that. Mm-hmm. And it's not a given at all. If that's what you're saying that, that it's like, Oh, of course, of course in 2023, we're all class conscious. Yeah. No, like it still wouldn't be that because there are most other shows out there. If you just look at the, you like succession, you might like this. Yeah. And look at the other shows that they're suggesting about big wigs and, and powerful rich people. Right. They are not doing the same thing. Yeah. They're walking up to the line, you know, and being slightly woke. Yeah. And being ironic and calling things like out like uh glass onion. Yeah. You know, of like, ooh, isn't this yeah. funny, like wealth disparity, like rich people are so weird and, Yeah. um Yeah, white white lotus. But ultimately does it in this stupid anti-hero way right where it's like they're bad but they're cool you know and, yeah, yeah and it's great and especially if it's yeah like glorifying whatever um yeah there are a million other ways that most most shows would be doing it that are sure actually yeah completely toothless completely toothless and that's a really good point. That's probably true. I don't watch enough of the other stuff to know, but like, yeah, this show sticks to its guns. I respect that. 
and I and they didn't back down. And it's like all the way through. It's a it's a time honored like uh, not formula, but you know, it's a it's a moral tale. Mm-hmm. Morality. It's play. an old idea, you know, uh, common to most religions or communities that excessive wealth and power are corrupting and hollowing. Mm-hmm. You might argue that in reality, the super rich are completely fine and not falling apart and like killing each other. They're actually having a great time, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But that's not the point. Like it's, it's sticking to this idea of the truth, like the actual truth of what the wealth disparity does to people. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So in some ways it's, it's like a, maybe that's what's avant-garde about it is it's, it's very, you know, slow and conservative about its moral outlook. I don't know. I'm getting too far into it, but yeah, there's, there's a lot to but, unwind, but you're right. The, what is actually great about the show is, is the humanity in it. Um, I think it's probably just my, like, Ten, my pension or tendency towards wanting a little bit of that something a little more you know maybe saccharine like I, I want that that sweet it's like it was almost so bleak it was so bleak the ending you know <laughs> it's like uh, you're trained for it but I just wish like I just want Kendall to be okay yeah you know what I mean I just liked him so much like is there a way that we could know that Kendall's okay <laughs> Yeah. No, yeah. It, it ends with Kendall squeezing his brother's <laughs> wounded face. Oh my god, so brutal. Yeah. Um I do lo- actually that's there was that one there one really sweet moment was when Tom spares Greg. Yeah, yeah. And he puts the little dot on his head <laughs> to yeah. keep him. Yeah. Oh, they love each other. Tom Tom loves Greg. Yeah, and the Emmy goes for me to Jeremy Strong and um and and Matthew McFadden. McF- McFadden. That's Tom. That's Tom. Yeah. They're to me the standout actors. Yeah. Even though everyone loves to hate Jeremy Strong cuz apparently he's a dick, but Is he? I don't know. I mean I think I he's just know. I think he's just intense. He's a psych- he's a, he's a meth he's method. Yeah. Um yeah. I I haven't read anything about him but okay who which character are you in the show Ooh, probably the brother grandpa grandpa brother <laughs> yes you are <laughs> oh my dude that guy is hilarious i'm gonna roast you at your funeral yeah i love that that scene in particular because he like it's so perfect that show what it did so well in so many you know hundreds of ways was like they have these intense moments or like little scene beats that just like pivot on a dime. Yeah. True. You know what I mean? Like one thing is happening and then, and the effect is reversed Yeah, in a way where like, that's the comedic part of the the comedy of it. Yeah. 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 Like that when he's giving his speech and it's like, it starts off so powerful and he's just, He's just roasting and like everyone's like jaws are on the floor. And then he just goes too, he gets too pretentious. It's like if you watch that, he like gets, he starts getting 
too verbose to the point that he's not making any sense. Yeah. yeah. And then you're like, oh yeah, now he's an asshole too. Right. Yeah. And like, he's, he's just grandstanding. Right. And so it's like, you can never, you can never get comfortable. Right. They catch you leaning. They right. get you going this way and then, then you put, they you push back you back the other way. Yeah. yeah, totally. That's funny. He's a funny character. And um, Alan, Alan Ruck also. Which one's that? Connor. Oh, he's great. He's a national treasure. He's that he's guy's awesome. amazing. Yeah, he's so great. So good. I saw a um, <laughs> a, a fan theory, a f- silly fan theory that so Alan Ruck, Cameron from, of course, from Ferris Bueller. Yeah. That because Logan Roy, in his cosmology, started his news company in Chicago, <laughs> and the the joke theory was. That's Logan his, wanted it's his dad that it's his dad. <laughs> that's his Ferrari. That, that, yeah. That's his Ferrari. <laughs> and that he like, he had a different last name though. Cause his dad wanted, didn't want him to be recognized at school or whatever. <laughs> and that, it's, that's his old man. <laughs> he kicks the that's, Ferrari. <laughs> that's so funny. That's really good. Yeah. yeah. Um, He's also just, yeah. Good at that, that role. Uh huh. Being the unloved son. He's, he might be one of my favorite. I mean, they're all great, but I think I might, I might. This is maybe more of a. You're Kendall. Pre, no, no <laughs> way. Yeah, I'm Kendall. What can I say? Um, not, not. I don't think I'm any of the siblings, the main siblings. Um, they're all too intense. Yeah. I think I would. I, I think I'm probably drawn either to say that I'm Greg or Tom. Like in different, but here's the thing: Greg and Tom are the same. That's right. That's what because they're in a time machine. Yeah. Yep. It's different generations of the same person. Right. Yeah. Um, Mm. Which was such a fascinating. So you're gonna have to find a sugar mama. Mm. Um, I love that about Greg's arc in the last season. It's like because he's once he kind of makes his deal with the devil at the end of the third season, you know, and he kind of teams up with Tom and he says. What do I need a soul for anyway? <laughs> yeah. Um, and you see the way he starts to, he starts to, um, like aspire upwards with his language, with his, his aesthetic, his vibe, everything mm-hmm. to the point where he's, be- he's becoming more pretentious and more like self aware. Yeah. Um, and then, but that's what Tom is at his level. Like Tom is so yeah. naturally, but Tom's also just very naturally eloquent and funny. Yeah. But then you realize like, no, this is, you can put this on over time mm-hmm. and it's, it is, you know, beneficial for, <laughs> for them to do so. I just thought of, uh, uh, Oh my God. What is the line at the, dinner party episode with the other news family um Mm -hmm. tom tom reaches across the table um king of the leaky the leafy greens his majesty the spinach (laughs) 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 yep something like that oh man anyway what a great show though well bravo brava brava bravo yeah it's bravo for what's his name? What's the name of the writer guy? I forgot. Don't know. Don't know. I can uh, look it up here. I've got this little app here that tells me facts. Jesse Armstrong. 
Right. Is that right? Yeah, He's that's right. That's one correct. of the one of the writers. He's like the writer. He's okay. the main writer. Um, oh, that's right. I think he did. Um, he was one of the writers of Four Lions. Oh no way! Yes. Wow, that's that was an intense movie. That was an so intense he, movie. Is that he we British? Were, uh, could be. Could be. Let's see. Let me look on my app. He was born in Oswestry, Shropshire, England. <laughs> I'd say so. Aust- University Aston of Mary Manchester. Bu- Bucklestershire. <laughs> um, they have such different names. Yeah, Four Lines. Like that. that uh, we watched Good that flick. with our parents, I think. Just mom. I don't know I why. I think dad could handle that one. Yeah. Just mom. Uh, I mean, that's an intense movie to throw on, on anybody, on yeah. any parent. Uh-huh. Yeah. The Suicide Bomber movie. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Uh, well, we'll put it to rest. We'll see HBO. Excuse me, Max. Oh, God. We're looking to you since clearly you're making good decisions about your platform um, to, to produce something good again. Yeah. So I put suggestion as a um, suggestion. Mm-hmm. As um, the uh, heir to Deadwood. You're not the first to say this. I've heard this before. Really? Um, I've, I haven't watched Deadwood all the way through. Many consider it to be the best show ever. Um, I love it. I love Deadwood. I also Deadwood, I probably, Deadwood need, to, for the I probably need to watch century. The Sopranos. Um, finally. I think if you didn't do that in COVID, then you've lost late. your opportunity. Oh. Well, I, I started it. I like it. It's just too, uh, too, it's too much. It's too intense. I'm such a baby. Um, yeah, a lot of TV to watch. What else is going on? What else is new? Reading, watching, listening. TV is um, still on top. You think? Have there been any good movies lately? I went to a pretty packed theater last oh, night. Yeah. Okay. Full of teens. Yeah. So many teens to see the Avatar was sick. Spider Man movie. <laughs> Spider Man. Yep. Which is great. Which uh has the key to superhero movies. Unlock the key. And you know what the key is? It's for kids. That also yes. Yeah. That's part of it. Mm-hmm. it specifically teenagers are the audience. We yep. know this. The and Spider Man is a teenager. Yeah. Right. Uh whereas Black Panther or Captain America are guys weird in their thirties. Yeah, stupid, weird. Why Dude, dudes who? Oh God, get a job. I can't even. Captain America, <laughs> so stupid. But yeah, um, but no. The the other real key, it's a cartoon. Right. This is what people like about comic books. They're cool drawings. Yeah. You can't rule that out. <laughs> Totally. And Spider-Man is cool drawings. Right. And, and it's cool animation. It's cool animation. Yeah. And there are great advances in animation and CGI, but they don't shine when you're trying to make um, Ben Affleck do Kung Fu. Like, <laughs> they shine when you do cool drawings and, and stylistic graphic 
I don't know. I think a lot of you underestimate how many people want to see Ben Affleck do Kung Fu, which I is beyond he, me. I don't know why anyone would. Well, teach him to do see it. That. Teach him to do it or get a stunt person to if do I it. If I wanted to see an over a big, overly muscular, bearded, depressed person, I would go to <laughs> Lifetime Fitness at t- 2 a.m., you know, like and watch the guy who's wa- looking at himself in the mirror doing burpees and stuff like that. Yeah. It's like I think it's just work it's just workout videos. I think um who's his who's his best buddy? Matthew Damon. I think Matthew Damon wrote Goodwill Haunting <laughs> and Ben Affleck had nothing to do with it. Yeah. His husband wrote that Dream. I don't know. I, I I'm I find myself impressed that either of them wrote that movie, and I I, I know. sometimes just who's don't the nerd? Who's it. the nerd that like, they wh- made write you? write it for them? <laughs> exactly, who's the guy who they gave swirlies to at Harvard? Yeah, um, they killed that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. They're just to- they're just they're both jocks, you know. But Boston is um, cute. It's cute to think about people from Boston. <laughs> It's kind of their whole thing. I was gonna say Boston is not I, cute. Is not the word I would use to describe charming. Boston. They think it's very charming, right? I think the Boston moment is over, though. That that's been, um, especially when they were defeated, they had a good run defeated though. in the last basketball game. That's right. Boston fell off. You know what? I actually do need to talk about basketball first. Go ahead. If you're gonna, if it's, you, uh, if you'll it's, oblige me. It's very timely. Um, of course. No, I, that's my point don't need to actually talk about basketball itself. Denver's having a moment. Yes. Um, but you wouldn't know it <laughs> um, unless you're in the right areas. That's the thing that's so, you know, I, I read something about it today and it all makes sense. It's, it's historically Denver is not a basketball town. Never been good. Never been to the NBA finals. Never won a championship. They currently have the best player in the world who's proving himself to potentially be one of the top five players ever if he keeps playing at this rate for the next 10 years of his career. Not only that, he's a, he's a, he's a magnificent person. Hmm. I mean, we don't, we don't know what it's, if that's true across the board. All athletes are, you know, just people, but... He's big people, big people with he's he's a heard somebody say Nikola Jokic is a large bear who who learned ballet. (laughs) Basically, that's like the affect that he gives off on the court. But besides that, like. It's been interesting to see the way that like I've been paying a lot of attention to the national kind of like media discourse around it Mm -hmm. and. You know, most most media discourse is stupid, and it all takes weeks for something that was apparent before to be recognized on a large scale, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. and for something true to actually be expressed as opposed to a fabricated narrative. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And there's like this delayed reaction to the Nuggets that's happening all at once in the sort of national media mm-hmm. and everyone's kind of giving a mea culpa for like, sorry, we didn't realize that you yep. guys were this good right. and that this was that awesome of a team and that people 
care about basketball in this city and that Nikola Jokic is the real deal. And so it's, it's a little bit of a, like, it's a, um, it's vindicating. Yeah. Right. But, but it doesn't matter at the end of the day. I think it will do something like I saw like the, the Nuggets playoff run is supposed to bring in like an estimated, oh, it was either 25 million or 25, not 25 billion. That'd be too much. Right. Um, I don't know. in revenue to the city, like alone, mm-hmm. you know, just from all the people going out and, but it, but it could even be more than that. And so I think it's, it's cool. It's like, I've never really experienced it before other than when we were little kids in Chicago and, um, in Chicago though, if, if the bulls were even in the playoffs, everybody would be talking about it. Yeah. If they made it as far as the nuggets have now, it'd be like, I don't think you can compare the, the bulls, to the nuts. You can't moment though. It was the big, mo- it's the most big hyped team ever. You know? Right. Right. That's true. But even what I'm saying is now is now yeah, yeah. like, 20 years removed from that there still is a culture of like hey the team's good we're gonna support we're gonna support the team even if we don't know anything about it mm-hmm. and here you don't quite get that but you but now it there's reason to think that like maybe now people will be that way no i think it will i mean it you know it it trickles down because they could win it takes effect multiple they could be a dynasty wow which would be really interesting and cool to see um uh, so I, w- I was at the Denver Art Museum today and had the kids with me. And you know, like, um, when you come up the stairway to, like, the second floor, the main entrance, Yeah. there's this kind of installation that's sort of like a, a 90s family room. Mm-hmm. It's, it's only been there for a little while. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you've seen it. But then they have all these pictures on the walls. And one of them is, like, these three kids three little kids, uh-huh. eight-year-old boys, and they're in, like, one of them's in full Bulls get-up and yeah. the other's in Lakers, yeah, something like that. And I pointed I was to the kids, I was like, that was me. Yeah. And they were like, maybe Uncle Paul. <laughs> <laughs> well, there like, is well, there true. is record. No, it's it's both of us. Like, they're, that is an instructive point, actually, that, like, it was just normal – for you to ha- take a family photo in <laughs> Bulls jerseys, yeah. you know, like to go to a professional photographer and be like, we're all wearing our jerseys. My Sunday finest. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, there's definitely a, there's definitely a, fo- a photo of us at a professional photography studio. Maybe it was at church or something. We're both wearing jerseys. Oh Bulls, yeah. MJ jerseys. Yeah, for sure. You've got the red one. I've got the white one. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Home team. Yeah. So anyway, that's been fun. They've got three more games left. Right, well, that is if they sweep. They need to win three more games. Um, it's exciting. Mm-hmm. It sure is. What else? Basketball Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? What else? I don't know. What do you got? Um, in the way of art... Probably not all that much. We are, you know, reconvening here for the first time in months. And and I got to say, it fits like a glove. <laughs> I feel like we haven't it's missed It's weird what second. happens when you just put a microphone in your hand. I feel like instead of missing 
you know, one month like normal, going one month in between recordings. It's the, or in fact, it's been six. It has been, but it feels like the normal one. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. You don't say. Uh, so. Well, we've talked a little bit about this maybe in the past. I don't know how much we've, how transparent we've been or that we've ever actually put any plans into motion. But, you know, we've always wanted, we've always aspired to make Magic Camp come to life IRL or even call it something else and not affiliated with the podcast. But, the wheels are turning for both of us, I think. Maybe now that we have a little more breathing room with our jobs, which maybe we don't. Um, but there's still a lack of opportunities for almost anybody who wants to like make, an, make art a part of your actual life, your social life. Right. right. It's just not even something people think about. And do you mean just visual arts or the arts? I mean, the arts is or the broader. artistic way of I, life. I, I th- the artistic way of life, yes. I would say. Like, I won't say the arts because that just then opens up more to like, yeah, I'm going to go to concerts. I'm going to go to hmm. um, the ballet or whatever. And that's all really important. We but don't do ballet. We don't do ballet. Okay. Except for basketball ballet. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I think in the way that we've always kind of talked about it here or like approached it, which is like orienting yourself towards art and aesthetics and making it something that you think and talk about, even if you're not going to museums all the time. It's something that's part of your consciousness. Yeah. It's part of your, the way you process the world. Mm-hmm. And hopefully not just privately. You know, that's the hardest part is, is for it to not just be a passing moment, a recreational sort of like one-off that you do when you need a little protein or vegetables in your diet. Yeah, you know what? This is the whole idea of culture. Ben just did air quotes like he's like scratching. What supposed to mean? Mm -hmm. I'm scratching the dog here. Mm -hmm. Is that the collective effect of making art of various kinds, taking time to consider it, share it. Um, each individual thing is not that important, right? You know, but that you eventually produce a community where it's really built around those things and values that way of life. Mm -hmm. And that's culture, right? That's like, that's the whole idea is cultivating a sensibility amongst a large group of people. Yeah. Um, whereas what we have now is so much more isolated. Mm-hmm. 
hard consumption of any kind is really done in isolation as a way of sort of like just whatever, maybe marking out a unique identity. And um, I had one last thought. What was I going to say? And it also puts so much weight on each individual production of art mm. that what it's what is supposed to be good is the completely exceptional like yeah. masterpiece right but that's not really the the point mm-hmm. it's to create sort of a mass effect mm-hmm. um anyways mass effect mass effect i think that's something <laughs> i think it is and i think that might be the name of our future i think it might be a video game or something it's it is a video game <laughs> um Art for the masses, mass art effect, massive art, massive art. Art fart. <laughs> massive art could <laughs> sounds like massive fart. Um, oh, you know, we're name trying to name our upcoming um, collective or our, our our meetings meetups. Right. We've got a we've got a healthy Google Doc going. Don't worry about that. Yeah. Um, that reminds me in the Spider-Man movie, there's a part where the heroes and villains, like, I think crash into a gallery or something like that in a big fight. And then the people there think it's like, uh, an event, a happening, mm-hmm. like that it's an insulation or something. Yeah. And so it's, somebody says, I think it's a Banksy. Huh. And the whole crowd laughed at that one. That was kind of like the only wow. like big collective laugh. Interesting. Yeah. So people know who Banksy is. I think that was the thing. It was like, what's the one contemporary artist that everyone would know? Yeah. Even though that's not really what Banksy does. Yeah. It's close enough. Yeah. Because they probably shopped around some other names that would fit more, Uh you know? But they're like, it's just got to be Banksy. Yeah. I don't think anything else probably would have worked. Um, That's interesting. At least one art joke. Um Reminds me of that scene in Lahaine when they all go to an art, they like crash an art gallery opening. Yeah. Powerful scene. Powerful scene. Um, yeah. So we'll keep thinking about that. My, my initial thought was like, hmm, was it a little too like drawing and painting focused? I, I don't think we should be that particular. I think we should... The basic idea is like, you know, what's something we could open up a general invite to, to get together to mostly talk. Mm-hmm. Um, and imbibe. <laughs> that's uh, an observation that's been made by people before, but like guys who are really into like whiskey or like craft beer, they love the, the verb imbibe. They really do. <laughs> They really love making imbibe their personality. Yeah. Um, we had a word for that back in the day, or we still do. It's called an alcoholic. <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll be making the non-alcoholic events. Yeah, sure. Dry. Coffee shops. Sure. Okay, this is going to be like the, the enlightenment. Mm-hmm. Hanging out in cafes. I don't know if those coffee shops cafes. are totally dry, though. Let's. Those, those guys used to drink through the day, but... True. Um, I've got an idea. Okay. Wine. 
paint. Paint by number. Yep. Call it wine expression. I like that. Has Pin- this been done before? Pinot. Pinot's, Pinot's palette. That's <laughs> That was the one in Chicago, I think, or Naperville. That's pretty good. Pinot's palette. Yeah. Pinot Noir. Um, yeah, and then people can pay us for it. Mm-hmm. That sounds great. No, something... My initial thought was like, hmm, let's, um, if I just uh, did an open invite, like we're going to go into, you know, two hour hike into a wilderness area that we select. We'll, we'll be your guides and we'll go draw and paint out there. That's a little much and a little too specific, but that's where my train of thought started. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think that is a, I think you need a slider, a little bit lower barrier of entry. For I, people. I agree. I agree. Um, and it's ableist. Did you thought of that? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, there's there's plenty of plenty of different. It doesn't have to be one thing. You know, you can mix it up. You can change it. Could. Uh, oh yeah, of course. I think that's the idea. It'd be we'll have a full fun. calendar. Full calendar. We both have to push our. We it's going to require a lot of extrovert extroverted energy, that I think maybe we only have in tandem um (laughs) you know two of us make one one (laughs) one regular person (laughs) um yeah well so if you're in the denver area stay tuned stay tuned to reach out reach out express interest Mm -hmm. if you want to fly in pod at gmail.com eventually this will be a global network so there will be one in whatever city you're listening soho house sort of thing yeah and we'll have hundred dollars a month annual retreats, all the networking you could possibly dream of. Workshops, yeah. Um, we gotta get into the workshop racket. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, two months. That is two the weeks. racket. Yeah. That yeah. is the racket of rackets. Yep. Nowadays, <laughs> I mean, it has been for a long time. Now they've just all moved online. And there's no gatekeeping for who can start a, a workshop anymore. Whereas, like, you, you could say at least, like, a university had some credentialing yeah. to a creative writing program, mm-hmm. which then teaches you to become a creative writing teacher who right. teaches other other creative writing teachers. Yeah. Um, and some value That's... or, like, worth Oh, you know, I was um, thinking about that, this too. I mean, for more of a painting drawing landscape. Um, a, you know, it's always a bleak, bleak sign, and this is true of academics and much of the arts where the only viable paid option is to become right. a teacher. Mm-hmm. So it's like there's only one exit through the pyramid. Um, <clears throat> but... You've probably never encountered this, but part of also what got me thinking about it was I've always like, um, I mean, I've tried and and done and sampled various like, um, you know, self, self-guided art um, training stuff that are more focused on technique. Mm -hmm. So, of course, there's all there's all the YouTube type stuff, but to actually get into structured 
teaching, there are, have emerged lots of online academies, as you might imagine. To get into teaching or to get no, into... No, no, no. Yeah. To develop your technique. Uh-huh. Right. Right. And if anyone out there is ever is in this world, you know what I mean. There's a very particular type of vibe with the traditional dedicated like art technician someone who really wants to get good at drawing and painting Mm -hmm. and it's just i just can't get there with that mentality Mm -hmm. because it's it's really odd like it doesn't have what you would think is an artist's sensibility Mm. it's a very sort of nerdy jock yeah kind of way of like leveling up right your skill and like skills acquisition all high performers know that you have to blah 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 it's no different with drawing Mm. interesting anyways all that to say so they don't train you in any way to have any sensibility any art it's it's not actually artistic training it's Right. I, I think that comes, it can well. only kind of come like as an add on. And I really respect and understand like the importance of the technical foundations. I think it's a fraught issue because of the application, like the dubious application to today's world. Mm. Um, but, anyways, anyways, right. Well, now. You don't need to go and get your technical art training. You just plug it into bloop, bloop, don't bloop. Don't say it. Don't you Plug it into bloop, bloop, it. bloop. And hey, look, I just made this incredible mountain vista landscape painting with an AI. Doesn't that look so real, what I just made? Isn't it so cool that I can make an image by just telling a computer to make it for me let me tell you am i brain dead have i been hit over the head relentlessly since i was a child to make me think that this is in any way interesting i don't know you tell me if you show up to our magic camp irl (laughs) with ai art you will be coldly shunned from our group (laughs) i thought I would go a lot further than that. <laughs> Stoned, <laughs> even. Um, no, it's just like, this is all progressing really fast, the AI art Yeah, stuff. it is. There's something behind that, some yeah. campaign right, to really push it right now. It's being pushed hard, and it's like, it's this weird feeling, and that's, this could change in a week, but where it's like, I almost feel like, I know it's bad. I know it's like this. This is uh, you can't put the you can't put the monkey back in the box. That's not an expression, but hmm. um, it's it's embarrassing itself already. Yeah, the people who are its strongest advocates are embarrassing themselves, and and it's like people are finally just like, oh, this is this is bullshit. Yeah, this is absolute bullshit. Like, because there's no, there's no there, there, there's no point of view. There's no purpose. And I don't know what to make of that. I I think 
that doesn't mean it won't still take over. And that's maybe the most depressing thing of all is that like nobody cares. People will not care that 90% of what they then, what they consume on the internet is just crap that's been regenerated based on stuff that's already existed for decades. It just happened faster by a computer. And people are going to take that in and they're going to say, okay, fine, whatever. I don't care. And there's a small fringe population who are able to tell the difference or care. And our opinions don't really matter. I don't like, I don't even think people are even interested in this point. Um, outside of it being presented as AI, like from what I've seen, the whole presentation is like, watch this. This is AI. Yeah. And then you're supposed to be impressed by the outcome. But I don't I don't know if I've seen engagement outside of that. That's that it. Narrative. That's it. Yeah. That's what it is. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm, I'm is that there's there is no actual value add. No. Yeah. In terms of like a point of view, an idea, a a it's just yeah reproduction like it's takes a pattern extends the pattern so yeah who, who who cares yeah um but had you thought about this have you ever looked at a painting and wondered <laughs> what's over there what's over there god damn it what's over there i wish i Why knew this frame what is the, in the other way. mountain <laughs> next to the main mountain looks like in this Cezanne cubist painting would you consider Cezanne a cubit no no, he's it. Well, but he's proto He's the most important proto link. Pro, yeah, the most important link. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because that almost looks. Yeah, that's. Like I mean, that's Picasso. where so much. I think they were looking right at Cezanne, going, "Whoa, he's incredible." Whoa. Um. I just can't even like fathom how dumb you have to be to find that even remotely interesting. Cezanne, I mean. I think you only um, find it interesting in order to be derisive. And polemical of like or to be like i think a lot of these people are like the the biggest promoters are fundamentally terrified people mm -hmm. who are afraid that they're, that they're the one going to be left behind and so their reaction is i've got to embrace it i've got right. to champion it i have to say this is the way and look confident doing so in order to um suppress my own fear of just life in general not of ai right. but of everything and then you pose on the internet as a tech yeah, yeah. futurist as right. a you know elon stan or whatever it is who's like wow this is amazing look how fantastic this is and it's going to take right. us into if the future if you think there's anything bad about this like <laughs> i feel then bad you're for a, you you're like, a fearful person you're backwards like, you're backwards and you're right. just afraid of the future it's like no you're afraid of the future yeah 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 that's even i mean even what i mean when i say that like it to me it feels fundamentally familiar because there's always there's always sort of a a problem to traditional art let's say that in a modern world because the 
in the age of the modern first modern artists they were faced with the same question of like we can't just do what we've always done because cameras now exist Mm -hmm. and it doesn't make sense the same way anymore right so we have to really go down to roots and rethink this and that's what the first modern and avant-garde artists were doing and the challenge is still the same like it's not like you can't pretend you know that the world isn't changing and and like and pretend like in terms of where regards to visual art like all that matters is me being the best technically Mm -hmm. because you are you're faced with the same problems Mm -hmm. that are just compounding more and more yes ai could you know show you what superman looks like on mars (laughs) so you need to find something better to do you know (laughs) like that AI is just a new new way of telling you that, right? Like, you know. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Maybe that's one other way of looking at it. More crassly is, uh, yeah, sure. Just it's just another tool for stupid people to express their <laughs> stupidity, um, and to like because they don't know how to don't know what to do with their brains. Yeah. Um, that's really mean. Uh, but whatever, I don't care. I have no sympathy for these people. <laughs> um, yep. That was, that was the other bone to pick I had. Um, go off. We're, we're, tea. <laughs> you doing TikTok guy voice, like voiceover voice. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just telling you to go off and, and tea. Tea. Slay. <laughs> um, I think that's that brings us pretty much up to speed. Um, I don't have much else. There was some passing thoughts about Picasso, but maybe we reserve those for another time. Um, okay. I think we've I think we've gotten into it. Do you have any closing thoughts? Um, What's your prediction for the? Um, Western, or excuse me, the NBA Finals. Nuggets all the way, baby. How many nuggets in what? Nuggets in sweep. Okay. Sweep. I hope it is two because Friday night I'll be in town and I'm camping on Saturday. I would love for it to be that Friday. Okay, then it's not going to happen. Yeah. (laughs) If you want it to happen. It's going to add stress to your... No, no. To your plans to my plans then it will oh shoot I, yeah i forgot I, I can't miss the last game can't happen um yep they're doing that thing at the nuggets game at the away games where you can go oh really to the stadium Ooh. yeah i didn't i'm thinking about doing it yeah um so game three and game four it's like 15 bucks really to get into ball arena oh that could be fun yeah Go have some nachos, watch TV. Soak the nacho. Yeah. Let it sit. Mm-hmm. About two minutes. No more, no less. Right. You need you need that saturation time. That's what I was doing while the game was <laughs> going on. Well, the Bulls were very bad back then too. And looking at 
looking at we always brought binoculars because we were so high up uh-huh um just looking at different people in the crowd angry bulls fans yeah trying to find the guy who controls benny the bull <laughs> benny benny the blimp <laughs> he was up there up on the rafter up in the um catwalk uh, he was normally down low. Oh no, you're right. I I, I was thinking of like guy. I would always look for the guy, the guy in the catwalk who him. drops the parachutes. Oh yeah, and like or <laughs> or like grabs Benny from his little um, perch. That's a cool job. You think he wears a little carabiner, or is he just free soloing up there? Nowadays, they probably got him in a freaking carabiner. Probably. Back back in the nineties, no, the early two thousands. That's life without a net, my man. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Just kidding. Back when uh, they were willing to let someone just die, fall to their death in front of 20,000 people. Did that happen somewhere? <laughs> no. I'm just I saying. mean, the circus. Or uh, when that kid fell in with the gorilla. Right. Now they're putting cages in front of the gorillas. Yeah. Because they, they don't want so babies coddled. falling in there. <laughs> they don't, Give me a break. Kids are so coddled that they're not allowed to just walk unencumbered into gorilla gorilla uh well, closures and now we're not learning that they're gentle giants <laughs> like we did back then <laughs> they can be i don't know you just if something sets them off they might might be a different tune scary to think about just let me it. ask you this why why do why are they so muscular and we're not mm. i don't know question I mean, for the scientists you could there are human beings who are more muscular than other human beings. But not that muscular. <laughs> True. They're so big. Um, I don't know. Well, they need to... What do they even eat? They just eat, like, bananas and stuff, right? And plantains and, uh, like, they don't apples. Eat meat. They don't eat meat? I don't know. Wow. Bugs? They definitely eat bugs. Yeah. Um, they have to beat each other up, right? Yeah, I guess that's it. It's all about mate procurement. <laughs> Something I thought about recently was, um, okay, this this is maybe a closing closing thought here. So you're you're at an age, or your your kids are at an age where you're being very thoughtful about like putting content in front of them. Very thoughtful. Yeah. Yeah. We just watched Beverly Hills Ninja the other night. <laughs> That's awesome. When I say thoughtful, I mean like you want them to watch funny stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like it's like you're giving them a little bit of an ed like comedy education, which I appreciate. Trying to get make sure they end up the right offbeat, right kind of offbeat funny person. Right. Yeah, and Aiden has a great sense of humor. Totally, he, he already does. Yeah. Um, but uh. We probably didn't consume as much. We, we watched a lot of movies as a kid, as kids. You know, it was the blockbuster era, right? 90s, kid, <laughs> 90s kids. And so occasionally, dad would, our dad would pick a movie, right? Recommend it. And, right. and it was like, it was like a class, it was a dad classic. Right. And he definitely had a taste, pretty good taste, definitely yeah. sci fi leaning. Yeah. And Western. Also. I think one thing he didn't calibrate age <laughs> appropriateness quite well all the time, which is hard to do. I'm sure it is. Yeah. So 2001, a space odyssey. Yeah. I think I was in fifth grade when he showed us that fourth or fifth grade. 
<laughs> and the opening scene is apes beating the shit out of each other for 20 straight minutes. Yeah. I didn't, I just left. I walked out of the, I didn't watch the rest walked of the movie, of the which theater. was like probably, I was like, I wasn't going to get anything out of Space Odyssey. Most adults can't get anything out of Space Odyssey. No. Yeah. yeah. The only thing that really stands out is the, is how the, the ro- AI robot. The how AI, the robot. Um, I prefer Hal from Malcolm in the Middle. That's just me. <laughs> oh, man. What a great, what a legendary character. But, yeah, what were you saying? That's all. Just all? Yeah. Just that, just that we watched, we probably watched a few movies too And we young. were probably, yeah, if if we had been teens maybe. Yeah. And then gotten into a retro. That wasn't really a huge thing, though. That's probably more of a thing now for teens <laughs> to be retro? into 80s. Oh, sure. In the 80s stuff, right. horror. That wasn't the thing. I mean, I was in a crew of, in high school, I got, I fell in with some, some movie nerds. And that wasn't Even what they we, weren't retro. They, they weren't retro, per se. No, they definitely, a couple of them had that knowledge. They were into Wes it, Anderson. Mm, those guys, not as much. They were into. They were more into, like, Hang on, I know, I know some other ones. Okay. P.T. Barnum. <laughs> P.T. Barnum. <laughs> no, they're more like Paul Thomas Anderson type of guys. And like, uh, yeah, that's interesting. Like, um, what I, like David Lynch and, you know, um, he's pretty, pretty young to be into David Lynch. but Yeah, so maybe that was just starting. But in the 90s, we were just looking forward. Everything was ahead of us. Right. It was all action. It was all Blue Streak, Martin Lawrence, uh, yeah. you know, Will Smith. Whatever it takes, you know, just fun action. Action yep. comedies. <clears throat> um, yeah. No, that's true. But um, that's true. I don't think I have anything to add. Yeah, I don't, I don't know either. Oh, I, I did have one thing to add. Okay. About movie magic. So, Planet Earth. Yeah. That's it. Now, there's a production Marvel. Right. Um, there's like a... It's called Prehistoric Planet on Apple. Okay. Which is one of these streaming platforms mm-hmm. that they've got going these days. And... I still do Netflix. I just have the DVDs come to my, my mailbox. I was at a library sale today, and there's tons of DVDs for sale. Hmm. I thought that'd be cool if I had a DVD player, but um, so it's supposed to be Planet Earth. They have David Attenborough, right. okay, check. Um, but it's about dinosaurs, okay, and T Rexes, sure. And so it's it's all animated, right? Mm-hmm. And it's I wanted to like it. So watching it with the kids mm-hmm. leaves a lot to be desired. Mm. You're constantly reminded CGI is not very good yet. We are all led to believe that the technology is just, you know, growing every day. Right. But it still really leaves you missing something. So it just doesn't have the impact mm-hmm. that the footage of the real series has. But it's not really that. The main thing I wanted to say, Planet Earth is amazing because, or any nature show of a good quality, because it lets the animals be animals. Yeah. They're strange. They're not people. Mm -hmm. They're different. And yet, 
you're pulled into their lives and you sympathize, empathize with them, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And it's an amazing feeling. You empathize with them in their strangeness. That should be even more true in a dinosaur movie. Hmm. But what they've done, a little noticeable bit, is they do this Pixar anthropomization thing. Yeah, yeah. Where they're doing these a little tiny tick to make you feel like, oh, they're just like they're just us. a little bit like us. Yeah. So like baby dinosaurs like kind of being forced out of their little home and one of them looks back. Oh my like god. Like at the home. Come on. And it's like you that is the opposite. Yeah. You're they're trying to make them like us. I cannot they will not be empathize. like us if you try to make them like us. Exactly. Oh, that's so interesting. That's really I would love to see how it's, it's just little uh, tiny getting tiny worse. little everything things. Everything is getting so stupid. Like <laughs> you shouldn't have to explain that to a, a filmmaker yeah. or a creative person who's getting paid to, to do this stuff. Like I guess there's some there's a monetary incentive for that. That's what I guess people re respond to. It's just so bad. It's so bad. I was watching what was I watching and I was like this is an amazing movie. But it was just like a regular movie. No, I was watching this. Uh, it doesn't matter. Just like some well, movie no, no, what is 20 it? years what is ago. It? What is it? I can't. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but but like, doesn't that happen to you now when you watch something that's like a little bit older and you're like, it's just better. It's like they're not that that type of little forced Ted Lasso ass bullshit. <laughs> yeah. You know? There is a lot to overcome. Yeah. In that world. Yeah. That so many pressures of what is expected yeah right. demanded of a movie or tv show it's a it's almost insurmountable yeah i'll stick to my copywriting cheesy slogans hey all right well on that note write, write a damn slogan for magic camp so we have something to say when we sign off Jeez, for jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we have one, a podcast about out art and power for, uh, I already forgot it. Um, for anyone with a little extra time after school, is that it? If I've told you nothing, it's on brand, on brand, on brand, stay on brand. Okay. What is it? I don't remember. <laughs> That's the magic camp brand. Yep. Uh, show about art and power for anyone with a little extra time after school, right? That's pretty much it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Could be workshopped a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. See you after school. All right. Um, thank you, Trevor Welch, for our music. And Daniel, we will make another music episode. Yep. Someday. That's all. That Thanks one's for in the vault. Us. If anyone wants the... <laughs> The source files with the screwed up audio. Mm -hmm. It is you can. You know what we could do. Hear ben? us. It's we just... could plug in the podcast as it exists that episode into an AI. Oh, that's probably true. And then it would fill in your audio with what they think you said, <laughs> yeah. or what you should have said. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Interesting point, Paul. <laughs> oh man, great point. It's all just encouraging me gassing me up yep um all right that's all we got what's our let's get out of here later all right yeah we're, we're at 120 perfect see you later. Later.